Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there, movie truthers. Welcome back to one of our festival dispatches from the London Film Festival. Here today we are recording at Stephen Street, the the home offices of the BFI, the nerve centre, if you will. Very glad to welcome back Hannah Strong. Hannah, welcome back. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And we're also joined today by Jojo Ajishafe. Welcome, Jojo. You've been doing the Critics Mentorship Programme at the London Film Festival. How's the uh, experience been so far? Yeah, it's been a really good experience. It's really not like anything I've done before because this is my only second time coming to the festival full stop. The last time was two years ago and that was just kind of like a few screenings per week after school and stuff. So to be able to fully immerse myself in it and with kind of the press pass to be able to go to the PNI screenings as well, that's just all been a whirlwind experience. I really enjoyed it. So fully immersed. Yeah. And what have your highlights been? Any recommendations you'd give us? Um, top highlight was the first day going to the Mayfair and see. I, I know Callie, I listened to Callie's podcast, and Callie also talked about how insane the Mayfair Hotel is. Um, and going to the press conference and seeing like Edge Selva, Regina King, James Samuel, um, Jonathan Majors, because Last Night, Black Man in San Francisco is one of my favorite films. So seeing him was insane. Um, and then going to the premiere of that in the evening unlike anything I've seen, especially with Jay-Z there. Apparently Beyonce was there too, but I didn't see her. Um, And then just being able to go to a bunch of films throughout the last couple of weeks has just been, I've never watched so many films in my life at once, probably apart from like in the depths of lockdown. So that's all been really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I heard such good things about that opening ceremony, how electric the atmosphere yeah. was and the Royal Festival Hall, how much buzz can be in that massive room with everybody in attendance and everything. But after the opening night, of course, you know, nearly two weeks of screenings after that, um, what stood out for you last night i saw um petite mom which i think has been my favorite of the whole festival that made me cry it was actually beautiful um and i didn't ex- i knew it was going to be gorgeous because i love all of her stuff but like that one just it, it might be one of my favorite things she's done apart from portrait of a lady on fire it just stood out and completely not what i expected but in a good way it was just everything about it was just so beautiful i was kind of sat awestruck by everything and then slightly unpopular opinion I guess but I really enjoyed the French Dispatch um everybody says like there was no content or anything and I was like I know but I kind of just liked sitting and watching it look pretty it must be said so I really enjoyed the French Dispatch but I really love Wes Anderson so I guess I'm biased so did you see that at the gala or did you see that at the press screening I saw 
it at the press, um, the one of the PNI screenings, but it was really early and I had to get there at like quarter seven, so I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realize how much I'd fallen asleep until the next day I saw it at a public screening in yeah. like two, at two in the afternoon. And there were ho genuinely whole scenes that I'd missed that I didn't realize, which I guess does then say something about the content. If I could miss whole scenes and then realize I didn't miss whole scenes, but um, watching it the second time around, it was a lot better. I was like, whoa the full film <laughs> but that's the thing and that's something hannah we talk about all the time when we talk about film festivals is you've got to manage your energy levels got to make sure you sleep well you've got to have your slow burn energy food be between screenings yeah i mean i don't think it's a film festival until you've fallen asleep in something i fell asleep um, in memoria at Cannes and missed basically the whole film and uh woke up afterwards very refreshed but with no idea of what happened but i did read afterwards that um Happy Chat Pong actually sees it as a great compliment when you fall asleep in your in his films. So really, I am just the most dedicated critic out there, I guess. Um, you know, but now I think it is it, it is exhausting, and and you sound so ridiculous, to people who aren't like film people, when you say, "Yeah, I've been watching films all week. I'm so tired." They're just like, "Really? Okay, weird." Um, but yeah, these eight, 8 a.m. screenings and this festival in particular, you, you have had to kind of queue early because mm -hmm. of Bond disrupting all the screens. Um, they've had to put all the press screenings in small cinemas, which has meant less people can get in. And yeah, just been it's been a little bit chaotic. But I don't think the LFF team have done badly considering what they were up against. And um, it's been yeah for me as well. It's been really a really fun one. I usually. Because we usually see so much at other festivals, I think LFF's a little bit smaller for Little White Lies. But this year, because I, so many people, um, friends and kind of like talent-wise, were coming in for this, it's been really nice to kind of just see people in the flesh again. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I've similarly, opening night was sat there like, back at the movies, guys, isn't yeah. this exciting? Uh, yeah, it was, it, it's been a good one. As you can probably hear from the fact I'm losing my voice. Um, <laughs> done a lot of like talking this week which yeah. has been lovely well that's why i asked about the gala for french dispatch because that's one of those galas where he wasn't at the red carpet but bill murray arrived as the film was on and then wandered on stage and those are the sort of magical festival moments that um lff has had in spades this year I, you know the looking at the footage from the succession preview screening that they had with all the cast on stage again packed out royal festival hall screening amazing to see how those things Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Go down. And um, so, Jojo, you've had this experience of being able to experience a festival fully immersed. Um, we've talked about films you enjoyed, but what are the sort of experiences that you're going to remember from this? Definitely firstly, the whole waking up and queuing thing, because that did take a second to get used to, because I remember the first day after um, the hard day for the Thursday morning, I wanted to see Spencer, and I thought I'd gotten up decently early or something. No, 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 no. But to be honest, I guess like that is the magic and the beauty of it, because one of the best films I saw was compartment number six, and I had never even heard of it or anything. But by the time I got to the front of the queue, they went, there's no more tickets for Spencer. Do you want to go to compartment number six? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I didn't queue all this time to not see anything. So I went into it, and it was this beautiful film about like two strangers who meet um, on a train. It's nothing like Before Sunrise. I know that sounds exciting, <laughs> but it's nothing like it. The love story, it was kind of... It's not your typical like dreamy movie romance type thing. It's kind of just people that get on really well um, in a way that I wasn't expecting. So kind of, I guess that is the magic of two of the favorite films I saw that and I really enjoyed Mona Lisa and The Blood Moon were just things where I couldn't get into the one I wanted to see. So then ended up just seeing that instead and then going, I, that wasn't even on my radar but come out and I've given it like at least four stars. So I think that's definitely been something that I've really enjoyed. But like, if I wasn't in that situation, then wouldn't have watched either of those films probably. Whereas like I've come out and really enjoyed both of them. That kind of stuff has been something that I really enjoy. Yeah, that's, that is really cool. Whenever we go to festivals, it is quite easy to be you know, dragged along by the current of the, the big films. But sometimes it's those films you see in the sidebars in the other strands. And there is such a diversity of films on in terms of genre, in terms of size, in terms of where they're coming from in the world and so many surprises to have. So, yeah, I'm glad you had that experience of discovering your own little gem at the festival off in your own track. So was it possible as part of the, the cohort, I guess, the group of the, the mentees to kind of all have your own little track? Were you all coming back at the end of the day and sharing what you'd found? Yeah, that was quite nice because, like, everybody would end up going to say if there was, like, three different films at the same I remember, like, one time there was a day where it was, like, Souvenir Part 2, the first wave in the Velvet Underground, and it was, like, a couple people in Souvenir Part 2, a couple people in the first wave, and I went to the Velvet Underground, and then you kind of all come back and you've all seen these different films, and then when you're meeting for, like, whatever they've got scheduled for you at lunchtime or whatever, come back and can all talk about what film you've watched and, like, how that was, and then go, oh, that sounded good. Oh, that was great. Like, i got to see that one that comes out. Oh, the film I went to wasn't that great. Should I go to see that instead? And, like, that kind of stuff's really cool, and just being able to know that you guys were all in the same cinema watching three completely different films, and then could come back and kind of convene about what you've watched. Yeah, and how, how were the, the actual like workshops and everything that was going on alongside all the screenings? What did you learn there? Oh, those were really interesting because you had a lot of talks and interactions with critics, which I personally had never really had before. And you've got them from like a range of publications. So you're learning about crit criticism from all angles, not just kind of the same thing. You've got like the Empire Telegraph just kind of all telling you about their experiences and kind of what they've done and giving you advice on how to further get to that stage, um, which is really interesting and really useful. That's really cool. So Hannah, 
when you were on one of these dispatches earlier in the festival, we were talking about how you were doing jury duty, not in a courtroom sense, <laughs> but in a in a festival sense. Uh, yeah. how, how how was that experience? And can you can you we can reveal now what was? Right? Yeah, I think we're safe. the 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 word should be out there by by the time uh, this will be broadcast out to our listeners' ears. Um, yeah, it, it was. I was very nervous because it's my first like big jury. I, I did a smaller one in Milan, but that was a very much kind of. Um, there were only three of us. And it was very casual. This was my first like. You've actually got commitments. You've got to go to like these screenings and you've got to go to these lunches and um it was like a whirlwind it was it was the most kind of intense four days of my life so it was me Parno Bailey Bond Isabel Sandoval and then um two actors wonderful actors super nice guys who I wasn't really familiar with um before Naban Nabhan Rizwan and uh, Aki Omashaibi I think I'm very, very sorry if they're listening. I don't think they would be. But if I'm, so, I'm sorry if I butchered your names there. But um, yeah, really great group to be doing it with because I think we were all, um, we all came from very different places. It was particularly interesting having two actors as a critic because I kind of roughly know how directors think, but like to hear it from a kind of what an actor is interested in when they're watching films was really interesting. And we were lucky to have such a great group of films as well. All these um, first-time filmmakers from all around the world, really. We had um, Italy, we had Lebanon, we had um, Wales. <laughs> Poor Wales getting just stuck in there. No, um, it was, yeah, it was a really, I thought a really strong group of films and it was nice to kind of just be immersed in this, in, in things that I think could get lost at a festival the size of LFF. Um, so it feels to me like I've not seen anything this festival, but I have. I've been sat in a room watching like, eight films um but yeah it was it was very kind of intense and interesting to kind of have to fight your corner for a film because I'm not really used to that I'm used to just be able to say whatever I want and then like <laughs> it goes out into the void you know um as we know from the Venom, Venom 2 episode exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well I mean yeah if Rogan had been with me god we would have just like somehow managed to give the award to Venom 2 um, but um yeah so we had this very about an hour and a half of deliberations with um, Isabel was our jury president and sadly couldn't make it into town um, due to COVID. So she was uh, <laughs> zooming in from North Carolina, bless her, at like, must have been like nine in the morning for her. And we'd all just come off this really, like, we had a huge lunch at the Charlotte Street Hotel. So we were all a bit like, just, you know, brain dead by that point. Um, but we had a really great discussion it was really engaging and really kind of a lot of like critical thought about all the films we were all kind of coming at it from different angles but I think we were unanimous in our favorite so um should I start with the commendation do you think and then like work up yeah let's, let's work <laughs> up yeah so yeah we decided to give because the, the way the Southern works is we have one winner and then we are allowed to give a special commendation if we feel there's a film that was a close second um, and this was where the drama came because we all decided our winner quite easily but then the commendation was where there were two films that kind of split us down the middle so in the end um it was uh, Piccolo Corpo or Small Body by uh, Laura Slimani, which was our commendation. It's really beautiful. Um, I believe Italian and possibly French co-production. I might be wrong on that. Um, but it's definitely set in Italy. And it's about a woman whose baby uh, is stillborn. And she sets off on this 
journey to uh, to give her baby like a proper burial. I'm not gonna lie, the first half didn't really grab me, but then second, it kind of takes a turn and I was just wrapped. It's, it's really beautiful. I hadn't really seen anything like it. And it's fascinating how there's this comparison drawn between the woman and her child and this character she meets along the way. And this idea of kind of, what do you do if you have a person who doesn't have an identity, doesn't have a name, um, and they feel like they're stuck in limbo. I can't really say much more than that because I feel like I'll spoil the surprise. But um, yeah, really beautiful film. And that was one that premiered at Cannes and I don't think it really got as much kind of uh, fanfare as it deserved. It was in the Critics Week sidebar. But yeah, we were really, really glad to give that a, uh, a commendation. And then our winner was uh, Laura Wandel's Playground, mm. which is another Cannes film. Um, and that's a Belgian film about these two school children, uh, brother and sister. The, the little sister starts school and kind of all she wants to do is hang out with her brother, um, but slowly realises he's being quite badly bullied. And it's just this incredibly tense, hyper-focused drama on this relationship between this brother and sister. And it is all set within the playground or the school kind of building. It doesn't ever show them outside of that context. And... Yeah, we, we all just kind of came out of it with like a, a shell shock reaction. Um, there was a lot of like, that brought up some unpleasant memories chat. We were all like traumatised by it. But um, I think for us, it was the idea of elevating this universal experience to something like truly cinematic and ma managing to make us care so deeply about this experience, which could be kind of quite insignificant. And we were just all very, very impressed. And we thought it was such a complete vision and I can definitely see uh, the director kind of going on to do big things which is another thing we have to take into context with the Sutherland Award because the providence of that award is crazy it's you know Lynn Ramsey has won it uh, Cleo Barnard has won it uh, Robert Eggers has won it Julia Ducanel has won it so it's we were also kind of conscious of choosing someone that we think really will kind of go on to have this uh, a big career so yeah it was a lot of fun. I feel very kind of honoured that the BFI asked me to do it, having attended the festival four or five times now. So, yeah, it was really lovely. And the team that were kind of looking after us was so nice and so accommodating. And I was lucky enough to kind of go to a lot of gala screenings as a result of doing the jury. And, yeah, just, yeah it was uh, just a really lovely kind of, um, cherry on the top to like a great festival I'm very uh, excited to kind of share these films with that sounds so pretentious but I'm very, I'm very excited to share these films with kind of other people and it's yeah I hope I get to do more juries in the future if anyone asks you to do a jury just go for it it's so fun yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so playground then one playground. to look out for that definitely sounds great. yeah quite quite traumatizing for anyone who ever <laughs> was bullied as a child but um yeah I think that Wandel and uh, Samani, our two Lauras, are uh, definitely going places. And it was really great, actually. The four films that we were looking at in our deliberations were all directed by women, which we didn't even realise until we came to kind of our absolute final picks. We were like, oh, we've inadvertently picked <laughs> four, uh, you know, four women, which was kind of, it was really, it was a nice feeling that even without trying to, we'd kind of managed to elevate... Um, these voices within the selection and yeah I just I'm very impressed by the caliber generally I think it was a really strong year and I give a shout out as well to um the other film that kind of 
uh, just missed out, which was uh, Costa Brava, Lebanon, which we we also were yeah fans of. So yeah, great. It was a good year, and I'm very happy and exhausted <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing about film festivals that you, maybe you see however many films a list as long as your arm but you always come away as well with the films you maybe missed or you heard for, via word of mouth to then go and catch up later down the line so jojo was playground on your radar is that something you're gonna go and check out now any other films that you you missed that you want to go and catch in the future playground was like small bodies was because Laura, I forgot her last name, but she did um, a panel that we went to and oh. talked about the film, and, that, and it sounded really good from that. So did, um, I forgot her name, it's so bad, um, the lady who did Costa Brava Lamp. Yes. There was a panel just for film um, female filmmakers. Um, and both of them were there. So uh, I think Sadie Frost for Quant, and then also for Wolf Suit, not Sadie Frost, but the lady, I can't remember any of their <laughs> names. They were all there, and that was really interesting. So kind of, I had only seen Quant and all three of the other ladies convinced me to watch their films too. But I think also Paris 13th Districts was one that I really wanted to watch, but I didn't quite catch. That seemed like something I'd really want to it's see. It's really good. It good yeah, it? it's so good. I watched that at Cannes and I think it is coming out like fairly soon within the next few months. And that's, yeah, it's just such a beautiful film. Really funny as well. And it was um, co-written by Celine Sciamma, so you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> And that, that is that's what a good thing as well is when you see a film at festival, you miss a film at festival, but it has distribution. And there are a few films this year that are coming out quite quickly. So I, I managed to finally, and I mentioned this on all of the other dispatches, get to see um, Ryosuke Hamaguchi's uh, Drive My Car, the three hour long Japanese drama. We talked about it, didn't we? It's yeah. uh, adapted from a Haruki Murakami short story, but expanded beyond it. I, I recommended it on our first dispatch. I'm really glad you got to see it. It's very much your thing, isn't it? Very much my vibe. I've been <laughs> listening to the soundtrack ever since. I'm looking at how to dress like the lead actor, who's very much a, a sort of autumnal style guru. I don't know if he told you this. I'm sure he did. But friend of the podcast, Jake Cunningham, watched the film. And I saw him last night and he said he immediately went out and bought a shirt because he thought it looked a bit like something that the characters would wear. And, yeah, long-term listeners know that Jake and I host a podcast together, so maybe that could be our uniform for now. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be dressed like the... Hey, it worked for Steve Jobs, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but Drive My Car is out in November. It's amazing to say yeah. that you, usually the three-hour-long Japanese drama is the thing that maybe you see at a film festival you never see again. A film like, actually, Isabel Sandoval's Lunga Franco is a festival film that still hasn't been, no, been, been generally released here. And we always talk about this as well. I think we have mentioned it on the podcast this idea that when you see stuff at a festival there is a good chance that you will be one of maybe a hundred people who get to see it total because it, it will never get a proper home so I think part of our remit A Little White Lies is to kind of like bang the drum for these like films that maybe will kind of go under the radar and hopefully there are distributors listening who will be like hmm maybe we should pick that up but certainly that's how I feel about um uh, small body and playground i don't know what the distribution situation is for those but it would be great if they kind of got a wider audience because i think they're more than deserving and it's it's great to come to festivals and see things like the big films you know to see last night in soho or to see spencer or to see um power of the dog but at the end of the day all those films have got huge distributors that there was never any chance of those not coming out in cinemas um so i would definitely encourage anyone who attend a film festival in any capacity to try and like just make a little bit of space for something that maybe you haven't heard anything about or that is a three hour long film because I think it is it's it's more than worth your while even if you don't 
kind of like jam with something in the end it's still kind of I, I see it as like your, your due diligence as, as, a, as an attendee to kind of seek something out. So I'd say Drive My Car is my film of the festival, having not seen many films at this year's London Film Festival. But if we were to home in on one recommendation for listeners to go out and check out or keep on their radar, Jojo, what would you recommend? Sorry to make you <laughs> home in on one, but if there is one. Because I've already mentioned Petite Moran loads, so I'm not going to say that. I'll say... The Velvet Underground, actually, I really enjoyed that. I'd say go and watch that. That was insane. Oh, yeah. Well, and that, that, a good thing there is that it's already on Apple TV+. Plus. Really? So that was one where it had the festival premiere and then it's, it's screening in some cinemas, but it's also going on Apple. So we had a whole episode. I got to interview Todd Haynes, an amazing guy. And that, that episode's already out. But, um, yeah, great recommendation. I think Anna and I would, would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... Um, I, I think I said this on the podcast last week, but I have such fatigue with music docs and this was a total kind of um, what's possible with the form type thing. I was like, okay, every person wanting to make a music doc should look at this and then try and like come up to Todd's level. Not copy Todd, but like just try and be as creative and I think imaginative as he is with the source material. Yeah, I, I would really recommend listening to that interview. We only had 20 minutes, so we didn't get as nerdy as we'd like to. But he really did, you know, that thoughtfulness that you talk about, Hannah, is, is absolutely there. He really thought about the look, the feel, the frame, the style of the documentary. And it all flowed out from the research he was doing and the love of the time and the period and the music and the art. So, And that is something that... Um, maybe some of the more straightforward music documentaries could learn from. But Hannah, so what's, what's great about doing these, these podcasts with you or David or, or Adam, I ask for one recommendation and several come out. So we've talked about sev several films already in this podcast in the dispatches so far, but what's your one film of the festival if you could pick one? So yeah, apart from my, my remit as a juror and the films, I, I would definitely recommend you watch our winners. Um, uh, it would have to be Come On, Come On, Mike Mills' um, latest film, which was part of the festival in that it was the surprise film but it only had one screening so I think a lot of people probably missed it uh, but it is out next month so I definitely keep an eye out it's just it, I mean I cried so much I, again another thing Hannah says on the podcast quite a lot um I was in tears for like the whole thing I just thought it was so again thoughtful and just incredibly poignant about it's about this uh, uncle played by Joaquin Phoenix who is kind of recruited by his sister to look after her son while she is um, attending to some family problems. And they end up going on this sort of whirlwind tour of the United States whilst he's recording interviews with children for um, his job in radio. Yeah, I was just really struck by, as always, Mike Mills is, you know, this, this really um, attentive filmmaker. He always kind of comes at things from with such a strong point of view. I think in... Um, 20th century women it was the same thing you you really you're with him from the start and I think it's even when he's doing something that I think looks quite different this looks quite different to 20th century women it's in black and white for a start but and I was quite skeptical of that decision because I thought is he just doing this for like the you know the kind of artsy like oh let's just do it in black and white but no actually I was really kind of um surprised at how that ties into this idea of like stopping and listening and focusing on like the world around you and you get such a strong sense of America at this very strange moment in time just from like listening to the soundscapes and 
I was just blown away by it. I think that, I mean, Joaquin's amazing in it. He's always amazing. But Gabby Hoffman, who plays his sister, and the little boy who plays the main character, Woody Norman, he's British. I had no idea he was British until the surprise screening where he came on stage and was British. So I was like, he does the most insane, amazing like American accent. I was just, to be that talented, that young, is it's the same with Petty Mammon. So these kids just blow my mind. But yeah, I was totally blown away by it. I think it, regardless of whether or not you have kids, but I suspect for people with kids, it will probably hit home pretty hard because it is just about parenting and brother-sister relationships. And I was just, yeah, I was in pieces. I think it is, it is going to be a kind of all-timer. Mike Mills, he, you know, he doesn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so there you have it, listeners. So many recommendations from the London Film Festival this year. And we're only scratching the surface in terms of the discussions we've had on these podcast dispatches. Go to lwlies.com or our Twitter account at lwlies for further coverage and reviews, interviews, etc. from the festival. Jojo, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. If we wanted to go away and read m- more of your work, chart your rise to critic superstardom, how do we find you? At the moment. You can't. <laughs> Ooh, mystery, mystery, right? <laughs> I'm working on it, I'm working on it, because trying to put all of the stuff that I've been producing over the past couple of weeks to something, because I'm very much at the beginning of this journey, so hopefully soon there'll be stuff underneath that. For now, I'm a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep an eye out. Thank you for chatting with us, and thank Hannah, you. always a pleasure as well. Listeners, thank you for listening. We'll be back in a few days with a normal new release episode of the podcast. Uh, For now, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.